0: Democrats, the media establishment politicians have completely overhauled our election system with universal mail in ballots. And now we are seeing waves of tweets where people are receiving six, seven, eight ballots to their homes in Washington, D.C. We're seeing reporting from The New York Times that people in Brooklyn are getting ballots with the wrong names on them. I can't tell you how many stories I've gone through and how many times I've said it. The election is completely broken. And the Democrats are at fault for this. And their allies in media are at fault for this. But they keep pushing the lie. And the lie is that whenever Donald Trump says there's a problem with mail-in ballots and that our election system is being compromised, they claim Trump is lying. And now they're blaming him for the violence that is surely going to come. But here's where things are really interesting. Some have suggested that this is all on purpose. I mean, why is it that they would allow someone like me to call them out and say, look at all of these broken ballots? Why is it that media outlets would also report on the broken election system and how mail in ballots are broken completely, but then come out and say Trump is lying about it? Both can't be true, perhaps because the only real goal is to convince the American people that the election is broken like I'm telling you right now. And it's because it is. And what comes from that uncertainty, chaos and the collapse of our system? We're not going to have a president on November 3rd. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have Trump until January 20th. But we're not going to know who the next president is. And if Trump does anything to try and prevent this chaos from taking over, they say that he is cheating and lying and manipulating people. And now because Trump pointed out legitimate concerns the, the useful idiots in the media just parrot the same lies. You see, last night, I'm sorry, not last, not last night, but a couple days ago during the debate, Donald Trump said there were a bunch of ballots found in a river. Well, he misspoke. That was wrong. OK, they were found in a ditch. And so this one journalist asks Kaylee McEnany, where's the river? And she goes, Donald Trump, I think he was referring to the story about them uh, being found in a ditch, absentee ballots. And then he says, where's the river, though? And she goes, I think Trump was referring to a ditch. I just want to know where the river is. The media is playing a game. They don't care. And I think the simple solution is just chaos is coming. And that's the only the only explanation I can I can I can uh, I can give you. I don't know what will happen on November 3rd. For all we know, Joe Biden wins. The polls are all correct. People, uh, people seem to think, though, that's just not possible. Even though Donald Trump is down in the polls, when asked, more than half of people, according to several different uh, 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 polls, said that Donald Trump is going to win. And now following the debate, Trump's disapproval is going down. His approval is going up. But they're still saying Trump will lose. I got to show you these tweets, man. Let's just go through this. I have the story from ABC News. First, the most important experts call for election day preparedness after Trump's debate rhetoric stirs already heightened concerns. They're blaming the president for what they did. And that's the scariest thing. Before I get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I have a P.O. box if you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. This is important stuff. And I like to think I'm being reasonable. If you think this is important and you want to help get spread the word, then please share this video. Because if everyone watching just shared it right now, it would be bigger than the mainstream media like that. But don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Let's read experts call for Election Day preparedness after Trump's rhetoric stirs already heightened concerns. President Donald Trump's inflammatory comments at the end of Tuesday's debate have heightened the concern over the potential for intimidation and even violence at the polls on Election Day. Experts on domestic extremism and voting rights told ABC News. They're also a stark reminder for law enforcement to be prepared and for voters to know their rights. The expert said, quote, some of these groups will be listening to his false claims of fraud. And you put that in combination with his refusal to condemn white supremacists and civil unrest. It really is a very thinly veiled call for his most militant supporters to go to the polls, says Mary McCord, a longtime national security official at Georgetown University, law professor, except Donald Trump has denounced, uh, condemned white supremacy, and he has condemned the violence and called for law and order. They're just publishing lies and they're blaming Trump. And the only thing I think this is is, is going to lead to to is fighting, violence, suffering, uncertainty. First, this story is from a few days ago. Nearly 100,000 defective absentee ballots sent to NYC voters. A printing error has left voters scrambling for answers and could undermine their confidence in the New York City Board of Elections. How dare you? ABC News publish lies this egregious Trump's false claims of fraud. Donald Trump should be careful to say impropriety and inaccuracy. But we've already seen the Project Veritas videos, people bragging about collecting absentee ballots, and they're blaming Trump. This is important, but I don't think it's going to matter. Here's a tweet from Mike Davis, dear DC Board of Elections. You mailed this absentee ballot to my home. While I never knew this former resident, I know she's very absent. She's been dead for seven years. Mike Davis, he is the former law clerk to Justice Gorsuch, a Trump supporter. Here's another tweet. Richie McGuinness, a reporter from the Daily Caller, chief video director says, my official ballot arrived along with ballots for four people who no longer live here, three of whom haven't lived here in over six years. And here's a photograph with nearly 20,000 retweets, six ballots. There's more. Here's Nathan Brand, a Washington, D.C. friend, had eight ballots sent to her apartment. Zero ballots were for the were for the current resident. During the primary, I received a mail-in ballot to my home that was for no one who lived there, and no one requested it. Why did it come? I honestly have no idea. Popville says, quote, any idea what to do with absentee ballots sent to your address for people who no longer live there? You can write return to sender and drop it in the mail. And here we can see more absentee ballots. This is just an ongoing. I mean, look at this Darby Wade Grant. I'm not f- super familiar with who Darby Wade is. Just another tweet, an election law attorney currently NRSC. So they uh, she tweeted, I don't know who Lindsay is, but I received her ballot yesterday. One person responded, don't worry, they'll sort it out when they get statehood. The responses are rather interesting. Nick Wing, who is a verified Twitter user, media strategy at the Justice Collaborative, responded to Richie McGinnis by saying, if the insinuation is that this will lead to voter fraud, it would require being willing to commit multiple federal felony offenses, which you'd likely get caught for considering ballot signatures are matched against voter registration. Sure, they are. Then why are the Democrats trying to remove that? That's right. Nancy Pelosi. She, she, They didn't want to outright get rid of signature verification. They wanted to add a provision that would stop a vote count uh, counter from disqualifying based on a mismatched signature. That seems to make no sense. That's our security. You look at the signature, you look at the signature on file. If they don't match, you say no good. Why would you keep the ballot? And then say, we're going to get in contact with the voter to make sure it's okay. If their signature is off, well, then their ballot is not completed properly. And it's it suggests that someone is trying to defraud the elections. Apparently, it's all just games to them. It's all lies. From the Associated Press, September 15th, Pennsylvania, mail ballots can't be discarded over signature. What a funny game. What an absolutely funny game they play. I don't get it. The only the only conclusion I can draw from stories like this, the AP, that contradict some of what the Democrats have said, these stories about uh, voter voter problems from The New York Times. Look, when The New York Times says 100,000 defective absentee ballots sent to NYC voters, why would why would ABC News then claim that Trump is lying when he talks about fraud semantics? That's it. Well, Trump should have said inaccuracies and errors and disenfranchisement. Is that it? Okay, sure. Fine. Trump start saying disenfranchisement and inaccuracy. But we know what's happening and we're watching it before our very eyes and people are ignoring what this means. No one's the people in the media just keep seem to keep playing along with this. Tulsi Gabbard has spoken out, citing Project Veritas, Warning about ballot harvesting after Ilhan Omar video. Project Veritas released a video purporting to show individuals tied to Ilhan Omar illegally ballot harvesting in Minnesota. Take a look at everything I've just showed you. Signature doesn't matter in Pennsylvania. In D.C., people are getting a bunch of ballots to the wrong houses, some of whom are dead. And i take a look at this from the Free Beacon. Election watchdog finds 350,000 dead registrants on voter rolls in 42 states. And they say, yes, but who's going to actually steal those ballots and fill them out? Well, I've sent you back to the Project Veritas video. Apparently, there are a lot of people willing to do that. People who want to win and want money and think they will get away with it. I'm reminded of a story my dad told me. It's a firefighter or was for a long time retired. And I said something to the effect of firefighters risking their lives, knowing they could lose their life running into that burning building to save other people. And he said to me, no, that's kind of true. But firefighters don't think they're going to die. If a firefighter sees a, sees a burning building, they're not going to run in. They're going to stay out. And so I wonder when we see stories like this ballot harvesting, these individuals don't think they're going to get caught. They think they're going to get away with it. That's the point. You can't simply say, well, they'd have to risk committing felonies. Yeah, they're they're listen, they're cheating in an they're cheating in an election to help someone win. And if that person wins, they're going to have political allies who can get them out of jail, even if they do get caught or their friends and family will be taken care of. That's why they commit crimes. People don't go out committing crimes thinking they will get caught. That's why they do it. And so even Tulsi Gabbard is willing to call this out. My respects to Tulsi Gabbard. Project Veritas showed us a man giving cash for a ballot saying they would fill it out not to worry about it. Other witnesses saying they looked at the ballots. One, I believe, was a city councilman in in Minneapolis saying, I looked at the ballots and they were blank. And now you have all of these ballots popping up in D.C. Now, I understand Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania is not Washington, D.C., so I don't know if signature verification is going to matter in Washington, D.C., but I'd be willing to bet the Democrats will sue over this. That's right. Here's what you're, here's what you're probably going to see come election night. Donald Trump will win. They're calling it the red mirage. On election night, Trump will landslide. They'll then claim we have to wait for mail-in ballots. They'll then start finding all the ballots in all of these you know, key places like D.C., Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, where they're claiming in the polls that Joe Biden is doing way better than Donald Trump, which which just seems to make very little sense. I wonder, do I trust my gut or do I trust the polls? Now, the polls were wrong in 2016, but only by a couple points. And this is because they were underestimating the non college educated white voter. They didn't accurately predict how many of them would be coming out for Trump. And thus, Trump surprised them. But the polls now are off by like You know, Trump is down seven points in some of these swing states, but it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Things have only gotten worse in terms of the culture war. Even my progressive friends are complaining about cancel culture, and Trump has proven he can make the economy work and he can do well. The circumstances of today would suggest there's more of a reason for people to secretly vote for Trump than ever. Yet they're telling us that Trump is losing. They're also setting up this broken election system and they're rubbing it in our faces. So could it be that the polls are just fake? They're planning on cheating and the polls are a primer so that when they do cheat, they'll say, but no, look, the polls matched right off by a little bit. I don't believe any of it. I've seen the video from Project Veritas and I've seen their own reporting. And Trump isn't the one who destroyed our election integrity. So I, 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 I almost feel like this. If the Democrats want to advocate for universal mail-in voting, and now the system is completely broken, well, then they shouldn't, they should be disqualified. They should, you should not be allowed to advocate for a rule change unilaterally that benefits you. And then when the system breaks, you, you benefit from the, from the chaos. If you're the one who broke the system, you should not be able to win. But there's no, there's no point in even saying anything like that because the reality is we're not going to have a winner. I mean, they're telling us outright. They're not going to announce the results for some of the mail-in ballots for like a week. And if Donald Trump says anything, Twitter and Facebook have already said they will ban or flag his content. So what does that mean? You will only hear from the mainstream media. I wouldn't be surprised if they start deleting my videos. They won't allow me to talk about it. I wonder why it is they're even letting me say this to you now. And maybe the only real result that they're looking for is that, and I mean this in terms of the, the, the establishment, those who want to see Biden win, and I'm not alleging a conspiracy. I'm saying... We've seen the bias in these companies. It's individuals acting alone in favor of their candidate. They want the chaos and the uncertainty because they're worried Trump actually will win. And chaos and uncertainty and violence are a better outcome for these for, for many of these people than Trump winning again. And it's just, it's an avalanche, right? Look, 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 uh, take a look at this story from the Inquirer. Memory sticks used to program Philly's voting machines were stolen from election warehouse. So the voting machines are, are, are potentially compromised. We don't know exactly to what extent, but someone stole the, the programs. Mail-in balloting is compromised and they're blaming Trump for it. They're saying Trump is the one who is, who is inciting violence. When Trump says he wants poll watchers and his poll watchers were kicked out, they say he's inciting his supporters to intimidate and get violent. Yet when the left calls for poll watchers, they say, good, good, good job. And they clap. WRAL. This is some good news. Federal judge strikes down change to NC absentee ballot witness requirement. Why would the Democrats want to take away a requirement for a witness? If you wanted to fill out an absentee ballot, someone had to fill it out as a witness. Someone had to be there watching you do it. Why would they try to weaken the integrity of our elections? (sighs) Because they're cheating. That's the, it's the, the only conclusion, I suppose. Canvassers demand answers after 72% of Detroit's absentee ballot counts were off from the Detroit news. I don't even want to bring this stuff up because you know it. We all know it. We've seen the stories from the primary ballots, a million votes here, a hundred thousand there, 70,000 there. It's just all completely broken. And now we can see this. Alex Thompson tweets, Biden camp two weeks ago. We don't need door. To, we don't need to door knock, and people don't want us to knock on their doors. Biden today. This weekend, we'll dispatch several hundred newly trained volunteers to knock doors across Nevada, Michigan, New Hampshire, and Pennsylvania. Alex Thompson says it's a huge reversal for the Biden camp, which attacked Trump camp for knocking DNC in August. Quote, Trump campaign is risking the lives of their staff, the lives of voters, and risking becoming a super spreader organization during the middle of a pandemic. They're accusing Trump of doing what they themselves do because they are cheating. If Trump tries to canvas, they say he's 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 making the pandemic worse. And the media just supports Joe Biden. Then as soon as that dies down, they go and do exactly what they accuse Trump of doing. There is ballot harvesting. These are people seeking out only votes from their political faction. There is fraud happening. Is it widespread? Well, the word widespread is, is, is subject to interpretation, but there is impropriety. There are bunk votes. There are blank votes. There, there is election chaos. And these mainstream media outlets aren't telling us the truth. But Donald Trump is, is, is doing well, and perhaps that's one of the reasons for it. Newsweek says Donald Trump's disapproval rating falls six points over three months. We're also seeing in the aggregate. Take a look at this. Trump's approval rating has been steadily climbing in aggregate polling. This is not just one poll. Trump's approval rating has recovered to 45.5, which is actually very high for his presidency. In fact, when Trump got elected, his approval rating was actually relatively low. It saw a spike just around the, just around February, February when he first got elected to 45.3, I believe. 46 was the high point. And then he averaged around low 40s today. Donald Trump's approval rating is 45.5, putting him slightly above average for his entire, uh, um, first term, which is, which should, should suggest good news for the president. And on the economy, Trump is doing remarkably well, 51.1%. All of these things would suggest that Trump should win. And that's why they're telling us on election night Trump will win. And that's why I believe The game is being rigged. Trump has there's there's every bit of evidence to suggest Trump is doing good. He's doing well. Sorry, my grammar. He's doing well and he should win. But instead, they tell us that he's losing. He's going to lose. Mail-in ballots are going to change the game, even though we're seeing mail-in ballots are completely broken. They then say if there's any chaos, Trump is cheating. He's trying to steal the election and he's rigging it and intimidating voters. They're doing everything in their power to delegitimize the election and then blame Trump for delegitimizing the election. Over on Twitter, we can now see the establishment's long-term strategy. MSNBC's Frank Figliucci proposes creating a bipartisan commission to vet presidential candidates to prevent another Trump. We got this wrong and this can't happen again. And this is my warning to progressives. All right, progressives, you better pay attention. If Donald Trump loses in November and Joe Biden takes over, there will never be a Bernie Sanders. There will never be an Ocasio-Cortez. Sorry. They've tried pandering to the establishment. The establishment hates them. And this includes Democrats and Republicans. That's why the never Trumpers ran to the Democratic Party. The Democrats will do everything everything in their power to keep the populists out. And if Donald Trump loses and Biden takes the keys back, they will lock that place down forever. The never Trumpers will return. They'll try to. And then they'll create a bipartisan commission. To make sure there will never be another populist candidate again. This guy in this video talks about Trump and the Russians and the mobsters and all of these unhinged conspiracies and the resistance Democrats believe it. And the faux progressives are so just willing to play the game. They would try and stop Trump when the real enemy is the establishment. If Trump wins, at the very least, it means in four years, populist leftists will have a chance to run. But if they support the establishment, they will be shut out. And a bipartisan commission, which really means establishment politicians, commission will vet and make sure the candidates are allowed to run. And they'll say whatever they need to say. They'll claim Bernie Sanders is being supported by the Russians and they won't allow him to run on their platform. And they've already accused him of such. They'll claim Donald Trump is secretly in the bag for Vladimir Putin. And they've definitely been pushing that lie. And that's the end game. That's where we end up. Rasmussen shows Trump is doing well following the debate. His approval rating is climbing, but it won't matter because the narrative is already being put out there in the media. Even 538 is pushing the narrative. They say Trump's chances are dwindling. That could make him dangerous. I don't buy it. I just can't believe it. The game must be really rigged. I thought they were going to rig it in 2016. And many people told me they felt the same way, that they, the Democrats were cheating and that seems to be the case. It seemed to be. I mean, they were giving Hillary Clinton the, the questions and the debates uh, in advance. Then we got the WikiLeaks emails. Hillary Clinton deleted a whole bunch of emails and everything looked bad for Hillary. And Trump somehow managed to win. He wasn't supposed to win. Then he started upending all of their plans. I'm talking about the crony establishment, the Democrats and the never Trump or Republicans. Donald Trump is now facing reelection. He is an individual who is absolutely far from perfect. But I'm worried about what happens if the crony establishment gets gets back in. They say it'll be returned to normal. But that sounds like a threat, a return to crony, corrupt politicians controlling the system. I don't want that. But let me tell you, you can't the cat's out of the bag. And you can't put them back in. If Donald Trump loses the establishment's ability to control the narrative, in my opinion, is not strong enough. And I wonder if the dwindling ratings of mainstream television will result in a populist candidate winning in 2024. I think it's a possibility, and I think we should consider it. However, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, they're controlling the narrative. There are certain things I can't say. There are certain things you can't talk about. So even though we may be seeing the mainstream news lose their power and influence, it's just being transferred to another group of ultra-wealthy elites who think they're smarter than you, who think they know better than you, And we'll control what the conversation is right now. Trump is being framed as the villain as the Democrats destroy the integrity of our election. And I'll tell you this. It was not the Republicans that called for completely upending our election system. It was not the Republicans calling for mail-in voting. Quite the opposite. They're the ones who said no to it. But without a debate, executive orders were declared. And now we have universal mail-in voting in several key states. Some states like New Jersey, I don't know why that matters. New Jersey's blue. But it may matter ultimately for the national popular vote. Why? If there is election uncertainty and chaos, and there will be, then people will look to the national popular vote. Maybe it's what they call a color revolution being used against us, perhaps. If the electoral college fails and they've been trying to get rid of it for a long time, they'll just say, well, look at the popular vote, right? Look at the popular vote. It, it, Biden is up seven points. Just give the win to Biden. And then they'll send it to the House or they'll send it to the Supreme Court. I think maybe that's their play. I don't know for sure. They knew they were going to lose. So this is what they decided to do. Destroy the system. Blame Trump for it. And our allies in the media will just push the lie. It's exhausting. The lies all day. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all next time. If you only read mainstream news websites, they will tell you that Donald Trump lost the debate that six in 10 say Joe Biden was the clear winner. And all Donald Trump could do was lie because Donald Trump is debating the media. He's running against the media. Now they're changing the rules. Why debate commission is adding an option to cut the candidates microphones. According to a report, Donald Trump won that debate. Hands down. And this is proof. Debates aren't always just about whether or not you know things. And this is the leftist's argument, because I know they're immediately going to be like, oh, here comes Tim apologizing for Trump. Many leftists say they refuse to debate because debates are really just about trying to convince people you're right, as opposed to actually being right. It's a stage for one side to own the other. And that is not how you actually win an argument. In an actual argument, you're supposed to say, Here's what I think. And here's why. And here are the facts now disprove me. But typically debates will use semantic arguments. They'll use different techniques to try and just dominate their opponent to appear like they're winning. Sure. Fine. Donald Trump said a lot of things, and he was actually arguing with Chris Wallace, a debate moderator, and Joe Biden was calling him a racist, a clown and interrupting as well. Now they're going to change the rules because Joe Biden could not hang with this. Trump, of course, responding that he thought it was fun and it wasn't that bad. Well, now they have to change the rules. So in the next debate, when Donald Trump is trying to refute the lies of Joe Biden, guess what? They're going to cut him off. A lot of people on the right are saying that the reason Trump was interrupting so much was because Joe Biden kept saying lies. He kept pushing fake news. And he absolutely did. There have been there were several instances where Joe Biden interrupted Trump with lies. For instance, when Donald Trump was talking about mail in voting and he specifically called out locations where there have been problems, to put it lightly, Joe Biden jumps in and says, that's not true. There's no evidence for that. Now, it's a minor interruption. Trump, of course, interrupted way more. But Joe Biden was doing the same thing. But Joe Biden was lying. Now, look, ultimately, the main issue is I'm not going to sit here and pretend everything Donald Trump says is true. That's ridiculous. I think Trump got some things wrong. I think Trump screwed up on some of these questions. And I can't believe it's now. What are we on? Like two days later or a day, you know, just about two days later. And we're still talking about the debate. But this is going to be significant. okay? the media right now, CNN, I've got a great bit of propaganda to show you trying to claim that Fox is just putting out propaganda and they completely ignore MSNBC. They're not telling you the truth vox.com highlights a segment from CNN where they just misrepresent. They falsely frame things to tell you that Trump is lying. Of course, they give Biden a little, you know, pushback. But they're trying to make it seem like well, you know, Biden is is not perfect, but at least he's not Trump. In reality, it's it's all the same. And I don't care. Uh, look, the, the 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 general ideas put forth by both candidates have some basis in the ongoing you know political debate, okay They're not just randomly making things up, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're both correct or they're both wrong whatever that's not the point. All that really matters at the end of all of this is that Trump shows America he will dominate now you can be you can be angry and think you want a debate where there's rules and decorum, and that's fine because we want to talk about issues. But what's always bothered me the most about debates is this idea that the president actually does these things like Trump can talk about health care all he wants. And they're like, what's your plan for health care, Donald Trump? And it's like, what's the president going to do? Propose legislation? Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. No, that's Congress. The president, of course, leads and he can offer up you know proposals. But it's ultimately Congress. When when what, what do we have? We had the DHS. We had Bill Barr. Make recommendations on Section 230 reform. This is a direct reference to censorship on social media and what they think needs to change to fix this. They can't do anything. The the executive order that Trump signed on censorship was like, we strongly recommend the FCC define these words so we understand this better. He can't do anything. Now, Trump can't. Apparently, Trump can't even pull our troops out of the Middle East because the Democrats and the Republicans will try and block, block him from doing it. The president is not all that powerful. Yet for some reason, we look to the presidential candidates as though they are the end all be all like they're the ones who are going to be doing everything and all our laws come from. No, it's not how it works. So I think there's a bunch of key issues that are important that Donald Trump is, uh, has supported that I, that I think are good. But let me let me first tell you about this rule change it's from The Hill. They say the commission on presidential debates will give future moderators the option to cut candidates microphones following complaints about Tuesday's initial debate. CBS's Nora O'Donnell reported Wednesday afternoon. The report comes hours after the bipartisan body announced it would implement changes to make the remaining debates less chaotic. That's all about Trump. You know, that, that's all about shutting down Donald Trump. Now, I was entertained thoroughly in those debates. I can't say that I had, you know, that it was good. But I, I find it interesting seeing these journalists be, saying, like, why would it be a problem to cut their microphones off? Because you don't get that luxury in the real world. We need to see an actual stand up performance by these individuals. We're not going to get it. We're going to get a fake performance. And, you know, they're just going to cut off Trump. They're going to like Chris Wallace was was oh, it was infuriating. He didn't even know what critical race theory was. Chris, how are you going to ask a question? You didn't even Google search. Amazing. They say the Commission on Presidential Debates sponsors televised debates for the benefit of the American electorate. Last night's debate made clear the additional structure. So so I did report this yesterday. We do know this Trump. So so here's where it gets into uh, into the interesting media question. The announcement came after lawmakers and media figures expressed frustration and exhaustion with the first debates. President Trump frequently interrupted Joe Biden and also sparred with Chris Wallace of Fox News after he asked him to allow Biden to answer his questions. Mr. Mr. President, I'm the moderator of this of this debate, and I'd like you to let me ask my questions. Wallace eventually said. I think this will backfire. Could you imagine if one of these journalists, you know, moderating says something like, Trump, you supported you, you refused to denounce white supremacy. And then when Trump says, no, that's not, they cut his microphone off. The American people are going to be like, "Wait, wait, 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 what? You can't just accuse him of that and then not give him a chance to speak. They better play this very, very carefully. Of course, I don't think they're going to play it well. I was debating two people. Donald Trump lashes out at debate moderator Chris Wallace at Minnesota rally and says, I'm so disappointed in Fox. President Donald Trump continued to lash out at Chris Wallace. I was debating two people. Yeah, the bullet points are the same. Wallace has called the evening a terrible missed opportunity after he was unable to control Trump's constant interruptions, which have prompted the organizers of the commission of the debates to look into muting the president. That's exactly what they're going to do. Well, I want to take you now to the fact checks and push back on how, look, we have a giant media apparatus that is lying to your face. And what do we do? You know, they're saying the Proud Boys are white supremacists. Why? Because they need to. The Proud Boys are not white supremacists, okay? There are a lot of things. You can criticize them. They're not perfect. I think they do some dumb stuff, for sure. Are they white supremacists? No, dude. The chair of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, is a black black dude. He's Afro-Cuban. That's ridiculous. And there's like a picture of Joe Biggs, another Proud Boy guy, shaking hands with him. I'm like, oh, oh, it's Clayton Bigsby, it's Chappelle's Show, okay? But they have to lie. Has anyone fact checked them? No. In fact, the journalists have said, don't interview them at all. Don't give them the news cycle. Then how are the American people supposed to know what Donald Trump was talking about? You see, that's the media straight up lying to you. And I've got, I, I want to show you the, I, I got a couple bits of CNN propaganda I want to show you and debunk. So look, Donald Trump. I'll, I'll tell you this. He's not correct. I, I don't, I don't want to uh, necessarily say lie on many issues because Trump can just be wrong. Like Trump clearly doesn't know what critical race theory is. When he was asked about it, he was like, well, you know, it's, it's bad. It's racist. And it's like he couldn't give me a clear definition. It's simple. Critical race theory is racist in the sense that it purports hard work, time scheduling are traits of white people. Yeah, that's overtly racist. Critical race theory calls. For actual racial discrimination. You can't teach people to do that. That's actually a violation of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But CNN is claiming that, you know, oh, oh Trump's the one who's lying. Meanwhile, Joe Biden lied too. We can say Trump lied if you want to, if you want to play this game. Joe Biden lied a whole bunch. They called you. they call it Joe Biden on like one thing. I bring you now. Vox.com writes, CNN fact checked the presidential debate. It was almost all about Trump's lies. We had an avalanche of lying from President Trump. It's just so annoying when I hear from friends. They're like, "Why won't Trump just stop?" And I'm like, "Well, hold on, hold on." I hear you, man. Trump's a loud mouthed dude, you know. Trump's got Trump's got uh, his own issues. But the only reason you're hearing about this is because the media won't shut up. The media and the Democrats are the ones bashing you over the head with this. They could ignore Trump if they wanted to. They don't want to. They're obsessed. The media knows there's a sweet, sweet gravy train on complaining about Trump. Let me read this. I'm going to debunk the debunking. They say in the first presidential debate of the 2020 election, there wasn't much in the way of coherent discussion. But a CNN fact check found that much of what was said, particularly by Donald Trump, was false or misleading. We had an avalanche of lying from President Trump, CNN reporter Daniel Dale said. Former Vice President Biden, conversely, made at least a couple false or misleading claims. But honestly, he was largely accurate. He added, there was times during the debate, Wolf Blitzer, where President Trump's every line, specifically on mail-in voting, almost every single thing he said during that concluding section of the debate was inaccurate. And the other thing that stood out to me, Wolf, was that there were largely false claims the president has made before. What What claims? Are are you going to elaborate, dude? Oh, here we go. Trump's lying. I offer up no actual comments or evidence. I won't directly uh, target anything he specifically said. I'll just call him a liar. Donald Trump was talking about a lot of things. Donald Trump was talking about Patterson, New Jersey, where about 19 to 20 percent of the vote was disqualified. So a federal judge called for a complete election do over. Can you imagine? That's insane. We've seen election officials in Pennsylvania, about one in four, quit or resign because the rule changes have made things so chaotic they have no idea how to actually deal with this. More than half a million ballots have been rejected, according to The Washington Post, And about a million are at risk of being rejected, according to the New York Times. And according to the Baltimore Sun, 68,000 ballots that were sent by mail were held for five days by the post office for unknown reasons, putting them at risk of being disqualified. What about what Trump was talking about was wrong, CNN? Because I can give you the actual citation and the specific numbers. Not the like it was, you know, Baltimore Sun said 68. The actual number from like Washington Post was like 535,417, something like that, you know? Here we go. Let's debunk the debunking. Here are some of the highlights of Dale's fact checking on Trump's claim that he banned travel from China and Europe in response to COVID. Here's what what he said. Trump didn't ban travel from China. He imposed travel restrictions with numerous exemptions for U.S. citizens, green card holders and many of their family members, and the Europe restrictions exempted entire countries. All right. You see, this is where they play semantic games. Trump banned travel from China. It's a simple way of explaining what he did. That's it. Now, here's what this is exactly what they did in 2016. Remember when Trump said Hillary Clinton acid washed her server? Man, I love it's one of my favorites. And then NBC News said false. Hillary Clinton did not use a corrosive substance on her computer as if anyone actually thought that's what he meant. OK, did Trump ban travel from China? Yes. But wait, what about exemptions? You can say someone we banned the sale of, uh, you know, liquor and, you know, in certain circumstances. We banned the sale of specific firearms in 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 most circumstances, right? So when it comes to say like a full auto uh, machine gun, I don't I'm not I'm not big I don't want to get too much into the gun thing cuz I probably get some stuff wrong, but there's like grandfather clauses. So we do say it is illegal to purchase and we did ban, but there are some exceptions, right? Specifically the exceptions for the travel ban from Donald Trump had to do with people who are American citizens who needed to get back and permanent residents. Are is are they implying that if Trump wanted to shut down travel, he should have said to all the American citizens and residents, y'all are on your own. And yes, there were exemptions for government officials and same thing with Europe in countries that weren't affected. But yes, Trump did ban travel to the affected areas for all intents and purposes. It's a ridiculous semantic game that they're, they're playing to try and manipulate you. On Trump, Trump's claim that Biden wants to abolish private health care. The claim is simply not true. You may, you may recall the Democratic primary in which a leading candidate, Bernie Sanders, proposed a Medicare for all plan. A single payer plan that would indeed have eliminated most private insurance. About 100 million people with private plans. Biden rejected the approach. That's true. Trump could have been much, much better on this one. And this is it's it's here. here I'll, I'll tell you this. Trump is wrong. Uh, his statement on, on Biden wanting to abolish private health insurance is 100 percent wrong. Trump could be wrong or he could be lying. and I'm trying to be you know middle of the road here. It's just whether or not you want to make the assumption about his intent. so left will say he's lying, the right may say he's wrong. But Kamala Harris did raise her hand to abolish private health care and then later issued a statement saying, oh actually and you know, I changed my mind about that. The, so you've got a few things to consider in this. Joe Biden says, I don't want to do it, but he does have that pact with Bernie Sanders. He has said good things about the Green New Deal and lied about it on stage. And Kamala Harris did at one point raise her hand to abolish private health care. Whether or not they actually want to do it now, I don't know what they want to do. The easiest way to put it is it. Trump's claim that Biden wants to abolish private health care is an opinion based upon the statements of Biden, his support uh, for Bernie Sanders. Not not great support progressives, I know, but limited. And Kamala Harris's statements. Now they've flip flopped, you know. So so you tell me what they want to do, because I don't know. But I, I would say it's hard to say that there's definitive proof that would be the case. So Trump was wrong on Trump's claim that he's bringing down drug prices. I love this. Can't fact check the future, but there is very much no evidence Trump's executive order will reduce drug prices 80 percent or 90 percent. What are you talking about? This is not even a fact check. Now we're getting into opinion territory. Fact. Donald Trump signed an executive order. The goal to get uh, medicines to uh, essentially that we can compete with foreign countries By taking medical supplies from other countries, like insulin, for instance, that will reduce the cost and EpiPens that will reduce the cost because now we can source cheaper medicines from other countries. I'm not going to tell you whether or not it's it, it, it will or won't. I will tell you this. Trump says he's bringing down the drug prices. Trump signed an executive order to make that change. That's all you need to know. We'll see how it plays out. But I love how they're like, there's no evidence. There's no evidence it won't. This is, the, this is the most annoying thing about how the media operates. They're like, there's no evidence that, you know, so-and-so did X. Ex- there's no, look, there was a viral meme going around where people are claiming Joe Biden was wearing a wire because there's a black squiggly line just popping out outside of his shirt after he was doing something with his, his lapel under his, under his jacket, under his, you know, suit coat. And then the, the, the fact checkers are like, actually, it was a crease. And I'm like, both of you are just giving your opinions on what the squiggly line was. And you have no evidence to back up either claim. I don't know if it was a wire and I don't know if it was a crease. Yet the fact checkers were like, it was clearly a crease. Says who? You're not the arbiter of truth, dude. You have no evidence just because it looked like a crease to you. It's so stupid. On Trump's claim that Biden supports another lockdown, Biden has not proposed a shutdown or put forward a shutdown plan. He said in an August interview that he'd shut things down if scientists said that was necessary in a virus crisis. Trump, <laughs> I love this one. Trump claims that Biden supports another lockdown. And then they go on to say, well, that's not true. But Biden does support a lockdown. I love it. Yes. If there's uh, uh, if scientists deem it necessary. Yeah. Scientists aren't aren't economists. Scientists can't tell you what we need to do. They can tell you about the virus and then the politicians have to make a decision. How many people are going to die from the virus and how many people are going to die from unemployment? Well, will riots erupt? What are the ramifications of all of this? How stupid for them to be like, Biden doesn't support a lockdown. But in the event scientists say that they, 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 they want it, he does support another lockdown. So how about we just say Biden supports a lockdown? He does. Because Trump definitively doesn't. Trump would say no. On Trump's, oh, this is the best one. On Trump's claim that he brought back 700,000 manufacturing jobs from the beginning of Trump's presidency through August, it's a net loss of 273,000 jobs. We have lost jobs under Trump. Talk about a lie. No, we've lost jobs under COVID. We had the best numbers of our lives under Trump. CNN is, is running defense and campaigning for Joe Biden. On Biden's claim, the U.S. trade deficit with China has grown. Biden is wrong. That's fair. Biden is wrong. The deficit is not is not going up. But you see this? I love it there. Oh, but we've lost jobs. Well, COVID shut down the economy and that was Democratic governors. That's not Trump's fault. Before this, we were doing really, really well. I'd like to show you this story from everybody's favorite uh, analyst, Oliver Darcy. Fox News airs pro Trump propaganda after first debate. Oliver, you are such a grifter, dude. It, It is it is it is so patently absurd what you do. Did Fox News air pro-Trump propaganda after the first debate? Well, yes, of course, Fox News came out they had all the personalities saying all the good things about Donald Trump. So, uh, Oliver, I see that you're writing about it. OK, I like that you're being factual, but I don't like that you're not being truthful because you're such a grifter. You want to know what separates me from the likes of you? It's this. I'm going to show you that Fox News airs pro-Trump propaganda. That's Correct. And I'm going to show you this. Kamala Harris slams Trump after first debate. What we saw was a dog whistle through a bullhorn. What was that? MSNBC brought on the VP to speak out, support her campaign, support Biden and trash Trump and Republicans. So let's play the game. Who's actually being fair to their audience? I'll tell you this. Fox News typically supports Trump, not always. You know, they put out polls, Trump gets mad about it. He says, "Oh, I'm so disappointed." Chris Wallace, of course, works for Fox, and he was he pushed back on Trump quite a bit. And then Fox has on Hannity, they'll bring on personalities that support the president. And then MSNBC will quite 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 literally bring on the VP to to denounce the president and support Biden. Both are pushing their causes. If you watch MSNBC, you will not know what the good things are. You know, you're not going to hear positive things about Trump. And if you only watch Fox, you're going to hear positive things about Trump. Well, guess what? Oliver Darcy doesn't write that MSNBC hosted Kamala Harris. He just says "Mm, Fox News. That's grifting when he doesn't give you the actual breakdown, when he doesn't also write about the other outlets. And it's more than this that are actually, you know, uh, helping their candidate, to put it mildly. So, so what can we expect moving forward? Well, we're going to see, uh, uh, cutting the mic off for Donald Trump. I don't think uh, it's going to be fair. I think the journalists are all biased. And I'll tell you one simple way you can understand where the bias, how the bias functions. Mainstream media just believes mainstream media, right? So NewsGuard is a really good example. This is the service that I use, and many of you have probably heard me talk about. NewsGuard is a third party rating agency. They rate the credibility of news outlets. The only problem, they are horribly biased. I mean, they've gone downhill really, really bad. NewsGuard, I'm sorry, I, 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 I used to recommend you, now I don't. I use them because it is a check on my bias, but it's also a shield, as it were. You can't tell me my sources are bad when NewsGuard says they're good and they're biased. And I'll tell you how they're biased. You take a look at the likes of Media Matters, which is a conspiracy theory website that just puts out smears against conservatives and you know non-leftists, I guess. They're deemed to be all good, credible source, even though they quite literally make things up frequently. The Daily Wire conservative commentary website gets a red exclamation point, not credible. Why? Because they've done a few bad stories. The Federalist, Breitbart, a couple bad stories. And that means all of their coverage is bad. Yet media matters can literally lie just endlessly, and they're good. So here's what ends up happening. My question to NewsGuard when they rate it when they write a, a, a story: How do you fact check the fact checkers? If if the New York Times says the sky is green, how do you how do you fact check that? You go out and look at the sky. Well, they don't do that. They just say according to the Wall Street Journal and and the New York Times and the Washington Post, the sky is in fact green. Therefore, Breitbart is wrong when they say the sky is blue. You can't use. One source you've rated credible to fact check another source to determine whether they're credible. Because you're not really fact checking, you're consensus building. So all NewsGuard really shows us is consensus. But I'd like to show you this. Let me tell you. Donald Trump won the debate. Period. And here's more proof. C-SPAN. Who won the first presidential debate? Donald Trump, 69%. Joe Biden, 18.7. None of the above, 9.5. I want to be fair and show you this from Washington Post. Reliable polls show that Biden won the debate. So those aren't what Trump's allies are highlighting. Now, I criticized this move um, the other day. I think it's fair to do so. Uh, a Twitter poll is not a legitimate, reliable poll. OK, Telemundo is one poll and CNN having some people on a panel raising their hands. It's not a scientific poll. The pollsters and the betting odds typically show that Biden won. Maybe that's the case. And maybe that's bad news for Trump. But I'll tell you something else. While many people may have felt that Joe Biden won, does that really mean he did win? No, because once again, that's consensus building, not a definitive breakdown of the issues. In my personal opinion, I believe Trump won because he dominated the stage, proving that when it comes to any kind of high, pro, like high, high, high intensity debate or negotiation, negotiation Trump's not going to let anybody say anything to him, even if right or wrong. He'll be negotiating with Xi Jinping, Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, you name it. And Trump's going to be yelling and, you know, taking control. I don't think Biden could do that. But I I, want to show you the CNN, CNN, uh, the C-SPAN, sorry, C-SPAN poll from Twitter. How is it that Donald Trump has 70 percent, 69 percent of the vote? Well, it's obvious. Trump supporters share the tweet. They retweet it. And then Trump supporters flood in supporting Trump to make it look like Joe Biden lost. That's why it's not a scientific poll. But there's data in that. While I can't say that 69 to 70% of people actually think Trump won, I can tell you that there is no enthusiasm for Donald Trump and not nearly enough against him. This, to me, translates into the action individuals are willing to take to make a point. Donald Trump supporters are willing to share this endlessly and make sure everybody votes so people can see it. Where's the enthusiasm from Biden supporters? They won't share this. I mean... They, they're not engaging. Will they actually go out and vote? I think the answer is no. That's my opinion. I could be wrong about this. I see a bunch of my friends posting memes saying Orange Man bad. And I laugh to myself. I'm like, dude, I know you, man. Like my friends in Chicago posting like Trump is bad. He's got to be voted out. I'm laughing. Like I know that dude. That dude's going to be smoking pot and playing GTA five online. He is not getting up to go vote. Never going to happen. And I'll tell you this. Maybe that's why they want mail-in voting in these swing states. I'm like, dude's not even going to fill out the mail-in vote. I know these people. Now, these are my friends in my life. But when I see them being like, rabble, rabble, Trump is bad. And I know what they really do most of their time sitting around. Nothing, by the way. I'm like, bro, you never got up for an election in your life. And you're not going to do it now. You're going to go out to get a you know $5 slice of pizza with a free soda. And you're going to just sit there and like talk about orange man bad, And you're not going to go vote. I I would I would I would be willing to bet large sums of money. The people I know who are are saying all these things, they're not going to go vote. I really don't see it happening. I do think we'll see more voter, voter turnout for sure. But the point is, when you look at the enthusiasm gap, that means something. They say that enthusiasm for Joe Biden is in the gutter. But enthusiasm against Donald Trump is really, really high. Well, that may be, but it doesn't translate on social media. And the left dominates on Twitter. All of these high profile leftists and journalists couldn't share this, didn't care to. They don't have the enthusiasm or the the independent will to do it. Why is it that the Trump based collective is so fervent? They're sharing this. They're saying, share it, share it. Everybody vote for Trump. And the left won't do it. Wouldn't the left want to be like, no, no, we must make sure Trump loses. Everybody vote. There's no enthusiasm. There's no energy behind it. So sure, many of them may go out and vote. But I'll tell you this. What I see from this is you're going to get way more Trump supporters going to their friends and saying, you have to go vote. Come with me. Come with me. And the left won't. They're going to be like, yeah, yeah, orange man's bad. Yo, did you guys order that pizza? Well, we'll see how things play out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thank you all so much for hanging out. And I will. This will never stop. The media will never stop asking the fake questions. And the people who hate Trump will never believe anything other than Donald Trump is a white supremacist. There's no point in asking. There's no point in responding. I am absolutely sick of reading these stories, and you know what? Part of me is just like, why do I even? Why, why am I even going to bother talking about the Proud Boys right now? But I got to give it to Gavin McInnes, founder of the Proud Boys. It was a joke, and now it's the biggest news cycle, and they're recruiting and all that. Whatever. I just watched the uh, Kaylee McInnes press briefing where several journalists just didn't even bother actually doing journalism. Journalism is dead. There's no journalism. They were basically just, why won't Trump denounce white supremacy? And she's like, here's a list of every single time he has. And they're like, will you say it now? And she goes, I just did. And they're like, but say it again. It's like, why? How stupid? Here's the big story. Thanks to the likes of Joe Biden, And the media, they are creating a fake idea because there is no boogeyman. There is nothing to run against. They have nothing. And the Proud Boys are now seeing a surge in new recruits, they claim. You know, look, here's I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you guys a favor. I, I at first I'm thinking, how do we put this all to rest? How do we stop this? The fake news cycle where they claim Donald Trump's not denouncing white supremacy, even though he's done it over and over again the very fine people hoax, all of that stuff. Subscribe to my channel if you haven't already and share this video just for the next part. My friends, this is Enrique Tario, who I've shown now several times. He's a black dude. He's Afro-Cuban. He's not white. He's the he's the chairman of the Proud Boys. They're not a white supremacist organization. He's overtly denounced white supremacy and even said white supremacists, uh, uh, violent white supremacists should be domestic, like labeled domestic terrorists. I'm trying to avoid putting words in his mouth, but he basically said that. And Donald Trump announced the Klan is going to be la- labeled a domestic terrorist organization, but the media just won't shut up. So I wonder how many people then are are looking at him saying, well, actually, he's probably a white supremacist because, dude, shut your mouth. You are not convincing me or anyone else that a black man is a white supremacist. Candace Owens is not a white supremacist. Enrique Tarrio is not a white supremacist. The Proud Boys are not a white supremacist organization. And Donald Trump is not a white supremacist. Just drop it. The narrative is fake. It makes no sense. And you sound like lunatics screaming that the black men who are running these organizations are secretly white supremacists. Your rhetoric makes no sense. And I'm sick of talking about it. Yet they still do it in the Miami New Times, they say. But they do espouse white supremacist rhetoric. What does that mean? It means nothing. It's trash. It's garbage. The Proud Boys have a lot to be criticized over. The New York Times starts their story about them celebrating When Donald Trump said stand by by saying this, members of the Proud Boys, a far right group that has endorsed violence, celebrated on Tuesday night after President Trump mentioned them during the first presidential debate. Joe Biden mentioned them. You you. Oh, I'm just I'm so sick of this. It's all fake news. It's all fake. I don't care. How many how many news cycles have we been through where they're like, Donald Trump, will you denounce white supremacy? And he's like, yes, Why won't you denounce it? I just did. No, you didn't say it again. Do the Proud Boys endorse violence? Yes, that's their problem. You know why? Because they actually had the fourth degree. I think this was, I could be getting it wrong, where they said you earn your fourth degree as a Proud Boy by defending Western values in a fight of some sort. Now, I I think it's important to break down what it means because I would argue that's true, but requiring context. The context of the Proud Boys is that They don't go out and start fights. But I'll tell you this, when the Proud Boys decide to go to Portland to hold a big rally and we all know Antifa is going to show up and they're going to threaten and they're going to fight, what do you, come on, man. Look, a lot of people have been mad at me because they're like, you're saying they shouldn't exercise their First Amendment rights? Not at all. I'm just saying, first and foremost, Antifa starts the fights 99% of the time. All right. There have been some instances where Proud Boys started the fights, but it's always, always 100% of the time that Antifa shows up to their events. And so I guess at a certain point you're being harassed so much, someone's finally going to swing a punch and it happened and it's a mistake. And I know a lot of people are like, it's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. The Proud Boys are allowed to believe whatever they want. They're not white supremacists. You can criticize them for a lot of things, but they're allowed to go have their rally same as anybody else. But Antifa shows up And then violence erupts because Antifa shows up. And then in 99% of those cases, Antifa literally starts the fights in the first place. But that doesn't mean that the Proud Boys are perfect and there's no point in acting like they are. However, everything we're seeing in the news right now is just insane fake news garbage. If the Proud Boys are left alone to do their thing, they wave little American flags and then go to the bar to have a drink and nothing happens. That's it. So do they endorse violence? technic uh, factually yes the truth is more complicated than that and i do believe they've walked back from that and good for them enrique tario that the chair of the proud boys has routinely called on his people to stop harassing people to avoid conflict and good for them i'm not here to to defend the proud boys i'm here to get the facts straight that the media is lying about everything they represent and everything they are on purpose but check this out they say Within minutes, members of the group were posting in private social media channels, calling the president's comments historic. In one channel dedicated to the Proud Boys on Telegram, a private messaging app, a group members called the president's comment a tac- uh, tacit endorsement of their violent tactics. That is such an absurd out of context statement. In another message, a member commented that the group has already, was already seeing a spike in new recruits. The Proud Boys aren't white supremacists. I'm going to keep saying it because I have to, but take a look at this from Miami. Proud Boys respond to Trump's debate night comments. They say during the debate, blah, blah, blah. We get it. We know what he said. Biden could be heard suggesting the Proud Boys. Oh, what's that? The New York Times says Trump brought them up. Shut up. I'm so sick of tired of this. Proud Boys stand back and stand by Trump stated, then pivoted to a denouncement of Antifa on the left. Trump's response exploded all over social media more than 16 hours later. The phrase you refused is still trending, blah, blah, blah him telling the proud boys to stand back and stand by is what we have always done tweeted enrique tario chairman of the proud boys uh proud boys florida chapter i'm pretty sure he's the chairman of the proud boys in general i am extremely proud of my president's performance tonight tario took care, uh took care to state that wallace's question referenced white supremacy or white supremacy which we are not here's here's where the media plays the game though tario himself identifies as afro cuban the Proud Boys have long been associated with white supremacist rhetoric. And for a time, the FBI designated the organization an extremist group. Both of those are not true. They're just absolutely not true. That thing was fake. The The, the, the claim about them being uh, considered an extremist group just never happened. And it was immediately debunked. And they just don't stop. I'll tell you why. They need a boogeyman. You see, Russia won't cut it anymore. Don't take my word for it. From the Washington Examiner. New York Times chief outlines coverage shift from Trump, Russia to Trump racism, August 15th, 2019. I have criticized the Proud Boys several times over the past couple of weeks, notably because they wanted to hold a rally in Portland. And my concern was that if they showed up to Portland, where all of this Antifa stuff is going down, Antifa is going to start fights and the media is going to say, look at all these people, look at all these fights, it's going to look bad for everybody. And not even that, it's just going to be violence and we don't want that. Well, the police kept them separated. The Proud Boys declared victory because the police basically corral, uh, corralled and controlled Antifa. And it turned out my, my fears were, were wrong. But I do think I, I, it was fair of me to say there was a real potential for violence. That's, that, that was my main criticism. Look, I don't care what your group is so long as you're not violent. But there's a certain point where you have to recognize tact, like strategy, are you really going to go out and say these things and do these things when you know the media is lying about you? Look, you can do whatever you want. OK, but don't get mad at me if the media weaponizes this. Now, my bigger question is, does anybody really care about uh, who the Proud Boys are? Because I've had friends asking me saying, who are these guys? I don't know. I don't think anybody cares. But the media needs a uh, needs a boogeyman. The Democrats need a boogeyman. So they've created one. Check this out. Dean Baquet, the executive editor of The New York Times, said recently that after the Mueller report, the paper has to shift the focus of its coverage from the Trump-Russia affair to the president's alleged racism. Quote, we built our newsroom to cover one story and we did it truly well. Now we have to regroup and shift resources and emphasis to take on a different story. Baquet made, made the remarks at an employee town hall Monday. A recording was leaked to Slate, which published a transcript Thursday. In the beginning of the Trump administration, the Times geared up to cover the Russia affair, Beckett explained. Chapter one of the story of Donald Trump, not only for our newsroom, but frankly, for our readers, was did Donald Trump have an untoward relationship with the Russians and was there obstruction of justice? That was a really hard story, by the way. Let's not forget that. We set ourselves up to cover that story. I'm going to say it. We won two Pulitzer Prizes covering that story, and I think we cover that story better than anyone else. Please, please. Russia Gate is a hoax. We now know that there was some intelligence to suggest Hillary Clinton was faking it from the beginning to smear Donald Trump. And James Comey was briefed on this and they moved forward anyway. One lawyer has now been charged with crimes for altering evidence to get to go after Trump uh, uh, Trump's people. We know the Michael Flynn thing was bunk and they were trying to make up a reason to prosecute Michael Flynn. The Logan Act, maybe never been used before, but sure. Why not? It was fake. And the New York Times covered that and they won awards for it. Please just tell people, show them something, whatever you can, that the media is lying all day, every day. Geez, not every single thing that comes out from news outlets is a lie. Most uh, most of it is probably okay because most of it has nothing to do with politics But the political reporters who are covering this stuff are lying endlessly. And I'm just so sick and tired of it. Let me show you some uh, some annoying garbage. Oliver Darcy is one of the worst. He wrote an article this morning where he's like, Fox News runs propaganda for Trump. So did MSNBC, dude. Just just stop playing games, acting like MSNBC is not doing the same thing Fox is doing. Fox did it. Sure. And so did MSNBC. But that's not what we're going to hear from the likes of of CNN. Check this out. He says, really a sad state of affairs when the White House Press Act can't offer a clear and direct answer to this question. He's quoting Aaron Rupar, who said, Kaylee McEnany dances around a question from Fox News asking her to categorically condemn white supremacists. Very bizarre. I'll tell you what. I think it is simple. Kaylee, just say, okay. Yeah, of course. 100%. Next question. Will you condemn white supremacy? Which which number are we on? How many times have we done it? Absolutely and unequivocally, we condemn white supremacy. Next question. That's it. Now, what Kaylee did was pull up quote after quote after quote and gave this thorough explanation. The weirdest thing to me is how they ignore it. She did say yes. She said when Trump was asked, will he condemn this? He said, sure. Three times on August 5th, you know, 2019, he said this, he said this on this date, he said this. And the guy uh, what was it John Roberts? He's just like, but will you say it now? I just did. They're not going to stop. Is this designed to be like a drill in the back of someone's head? Like, I'm, I'm imagining the Amer- the average American watching this being like, what is this? Do they think Americans are stupid? Now I'll tell you what. They are emotionally driven people who will just believe it. And you you, you can't tell them anything, man. Like, I, I, I've been on Facebook and I see these people screaming like, Trump's a Nazi, man. And I'll be like, well, here's what the Proud Boys, you know, actually argue. And then they'll, they'll oh, how dare you bring that to me? I'm blocking you. And I'm like, I didn't even argue anything. I said, here's like what Wikipedia said about the group. And they freak out because it's not crazy enough. Check this out. Oliver goes on. Quote, I think he's quoting John Roberts. I think in all fairness, there is some ambiguity here. The record is mixed. What the record is mixed, is it? John Roberts Fox says after the briefing about Trump denouncing white supremacy, why not just come right out and say, here is the definitive answer to that question. Quote, I don't understand why he wouldn't say I denounce white supremacy. I've always denounced white supremacy. John Roberts adds, for some reason, they aren't saying the word. And that's what is very puzzling. Kaylee McEnany pulled up like, Two or three quotes where Trump on it. He said, we condemn neo-Nazis, white supremacists, blah, blah, blah. It's so weird what they're doing. And I'm just so over it, man. Joe Biden launched his his entire campaign on the very fine people hoax. And I love talking to friends about this. One of the first things I say to people when they're when they, when they want to talk politics with me is I'm like, you do know that Donald Trump never called Nazis very fine people, right? And they go, what do you mean? Yeah, he did. I'm like, where? It's on video. Can you show me? And they can't. They can't. They're like, oh, I can't find it anymore (laughs) because it doesn't exist. And now I'm sure there are people watching saying, what? I did see it. Okay, Go find me the full video of Donald Trump's press conference, the part where he says that neo-Nazis are very fine people. Oh, you mean when he says there are very fine people on both sides and then goes on to say, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis because they should be condemned totally. Is that what you're talking about? So what, what they've done is. They've taken a moment from Donald Trump's presidency where he said neo-Nazis should be condemned totally, and they've turned it into he called them very fine people. I'm just I have a headache right now. I, I mean it. I'm not even kidding. I have a headache from reading all this stuff because it's just the most ridiculous and stupid news cycle I've ever seen. And I'm tired of talking about it. But right now, this dominates the news cycle. So congratulations. They've now uh, emboldened the Proud Boys and, and, you know, allowed them to recruit more than ever. And, and again, they're not white supremacists, dude. OK, fine. Whatever. That's on purpose. That's on purpose. You see, Donald Trump was asked to condemn white supremacy. And he said, sure. Not a strong answer, in my opinion. Could have done better. But I get it. He did. Sure, whatever. And then Joe Biden yells, proud boys. Now the proud boys are on the national spotlight getting all the press. And we have questions to ask. Who are they? What do they want? And journalists are saying, don't interview them. Talk about spineless, pathetic defense of Joe Biden. Well, Joe Biden's whole thing is just lies. And I love how the media is like Trump's lying, but they never, never, never say anything about Joe Biden's 47 years. Joe Biden has a history of lying. Remember when he lied about how, where he graduated from? He's he's he lied about being the first person in his family to go to college or whatever to graduate from college. Kyle Rittenhouse to sue Biden campaign for libel, attorney says Why? because Joe Biden took that statement from Trump. And it's really weird. I got I got to add made a commercial out of it. And then it showed a bunch of clips. And one of those clips was Kyle Rittenhouse implying he was a white supremacist. Kyle Rittenhouse is also not a white supremacist. You don't have to defend his actions. You can say he was foolish to be out there with a gun. But this this narrative they they push about him being a white supremacist traveling across state lines. I am sick and tired of the lies. I am just so tired. I want these people to lose. So please make sure you go out and you vote against these psychotic, delusional, deceptive individuals. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I just, I I turn on the news and I have to read this stuff every day. And it's just, it's just people like Joe Biden just opening their mouths and just vomit, pouring out all over everybody. And then I watch these people walk around sloshing the vomit all over the place. Trump is not perfect either. Trump has his misstatements, his lies and his falsehoods. But we get it. We hear about it 24 seven. And they won't one time say Joe Biden is also very, very bad in this regard. Joe Biden gets called out sometimes, to be fair. I'm being I'm exaggerating a bit. But they, they say, like everything, Trump is a lie. And then they make semantic arguments. While Trump did say he banned travel from China, he didn't literally stop everyone. Therefore, it wasn't a ban. Trump said Hillary Clinton acid washed her server. But because she because she used a program to purge her hard drives, we rate Trump's statement false because she didn't pour acid on it. That's that's what we get. That's what we get. I think it's funny. People say, like, Tim, why won't you do a video complaining about Donald Trump? I've complained about Donald Trump quite a bit and people get mad at me for it. They criticize me the same as when the left criticized me for, for for Biden. But I'm telling you this right now, it's 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 a a um, tendency issue. The Republicans and the right wing media have a tendency not to push out this fake information, and it could be because they get banned. And the left and the Democrats have a tendency to push out bad information and lies. And I think about there was a post that is go as uh, a post going viral on Facebook where. It shows a picture of people pulling signs and shields out of a U-Haul in Louisville. And it's just an Instagram post from a journalist saying, uh, you know, far left activists pull, you know, pull shields and signs out of a U-Haul. And Facebook labeled it fake news. And when you click it, it said something about George Soros. I've had it happen to me and I'm sick of it. We, we are swimming in a pool of lies from people who would lie, cheat and steal to gain power. These people are, are evil. And I don't use that word lightly, but let me explain what I mean by my interpretation of what evil is. I will try my best to give you accurate information. I will be wrong very often. I'm just a dude in his room talking about his feelings on the Internet. I will criticize the Proud Boys where I think they're to be criticized, and I will defend them where I think the media is lying about them. The same is true for Donald Trump. Oliver Darcy of CNN and Brian Stelter, they won't tell you the other side of the coin just like there are many right-wing personalities who will do the exact same. They'll say the left, the left, the left, and they won't bring up, you know, they won't bring up, you know, uh, individuals on the right. I think there are many uh, individuals referred to as conservative Inc. Uh, people associated with like talk, uh, Turning Point USA and stuff who it's just like, dude, come on, you know, that's, that's disingenuous what you're putting out there. The only issue I see, though, is I don't care if one Twitter account puts, is, is putting out, you know stupid things. I care about the fact that the entire news industry has is, is seated with people who are in the bag for the Democrats, not every single one. But I bring you back to The New York Times. They literally said in a meeting they were going to shift from their fake news on Russia, which we all know is fake now, where they won awards for it. And now they're going to talk about Trump's racism. That's it. They're playing a game. It's lies. It's fake news. And it's a struggle every day to weed through all of the complete and utter BS. I'm sick of it. I can't believe that there's regular Americans who are watching the news and saying, I'm now convinced you've told me Trump was a racist for the eight hundred and thirty six thousandth time. And that finally convinced me to go and vote for Joe Biden. And they threaten us. They say, don't you want everything to go back to normal? If that's to happen, you got to vote for Joe Biden. No, no. I want Trump to come in and I want him to win. And then I want to laugh when all of these people lose. But I'm not confident that's going to happen. I am not confident Trump is going to win because they are they are pulling out every lie and they are cheating across the board. And I'm not even making it up. And it's not my opinion. Now they'll say, oh, Tim, they're not cheating. That is your opinion. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Look, I, I, I'm the kind of person who tries very hard to draw a distinction between opinion and fact, but I'll tell you this. The Democrats have changed the rules at the last minute, granting themselves an unfair advantage, and that is the definition of cheating. Donald Trump said don't change the rules. They said change the rules. By executive order, they changed the rules. Now they have an advantage. That's cheating. Look up the definition. Sure, fine. Call it an analysis or an opinion. I don't care the media lies, everything is fake. Okay, everything's not fake. I got to be more careful than that. It's just, if people didn't watch the debate, they're going to assume Donald Trump was like, I will not denounce this when he actually was like, sure, sure, sure. It's not enough, though. They're going to keep saying it because if you repeat the lie enough, it becomes true to many people. And I hope people don't fall for it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. That is a different YouTube channel from this was my main channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. The debate commission wants to change the rules. They want to give the moderators the ability to cut off the microphone of somebody who goes over time, because as most of you have probably heard, the debate was a dumpster fire, an S show, as CNN's Dan Abash called it. But Donald Trump is saying no. You know why? Because Donald Trump won. Now, of course, they're going to tell you all the polls say that Joe Biden won. Donald Trump didn't win. Are you crazy, Tim? Stop trying to defend Donald Trump. I don't care about what the polls say in terms of who people think won. I care about whether or not improved. uh, I, I care about whether or not Donald Trump improved his standing. And what we got from that debate was a garbled mess. But following it, Donald Trump's polling improved, at least according to Rasmussen, who, again, just one poll. okay? but they were the most accurate in 2016. They still have Donald Trump's approval rating underwater, but they say that it's going up. Take a look at this story from the Washington Examiner. Trump up in first post-debate poll on the rise again. So why would Donald Trump submit to a rule change that would hinder him? He wouldn't, and he's not. RNC and Trump campaign push back on changing debate rules. The Republican National Committee and Trump campaign are signaling they will oppose changes to the presidential debate structure after the nonpartisan commission that manages the events said it is exploring potential adjustments following the chaotic contest in Cleveland. Appearing on Fox News, Republican National Committee chairwoman Rana uh, Romney McDaniel said that the commission should not make any adjustments without the support of both campaigns and that the rules should not be changed in the middle of the campaign after both sides agreed to specific parameters. McDaniel also suggested that the Commission on Presidential Debates was pushing was pursuing changes in order to assist Democratic nominee Joe Biden, arguing that the former vice president got away without answering tough questions at the first debate. Quote, I hope the Committee on Presidential Debates does not change the rules to once again protect Joe Biden from answering to the American people. McDaniel uh, indicated she does not support a change that would see either candidate's microphone cut off if they break the rules after President Trump repeatedly interrupted moderator Chris Wallace and Biden during Tuesday night's debate. Quote, I don't th- I don't think you should be changing the rules that they have agreed to. And I do not think this commission has the right to just arbitrarily change rules without talking to both candidates and getting an, and, and getting agreements and input from both sides. McDaniel said when asked if she would support such a change. Wallace also told The New York Times in an interview following the debate that he opposed moderators having the power to cut off candidates' microphones, arguing it wouldn't succeed in reducing disruptions. McDaniel said the one change she would suggest is that the moderator not move on to the next segment until the candidate answers a question, noting that Biden did not answer whether he supports packing the Supreme Court when asked by Wallace toward the beginning of the of the Cleveland debate. I'll tell you this. You want to know what I would do? If I ask you a question, you answer it. Joe Biden, would you pack the Supreme Court? Yes or no? Come on, man. I'm not going to. I'm not. We're not. No, Trump, you wait. We're going to sit here as long as it takes until you answer the question. They didn't do that. I do the same thing to Donald Trump. But Donald Trump's a loud mouth. He doesn't shut up. He didn't have a problem answering questions. You might not like his answers, but he's going to spit and spowl all day all all, all night. Now, Joe Biden refused. When Trump said, can you name one law enforcement agency? Joe Biden goes, we don't have time. You had time to say we don't have time. Reminds me of that family guy joke where Brian, uh, the dog, owes Stewie money. And then he puts on a fake mustache and tries to sneak, sneak past Stewie. And so Stewie beats him up. And he's like, you got money for fake mustaches? Don't, you don't got money to pay me back? Joe Biden, you got time to say words like we don't have time? Spare me the lies, dude. We don't have time. Nobody supports you in law enforcement, bro. Here's a quote. Maybe then we'll get a real answer from Joe Biden as to how he is honestly going to govern. McDaniel said on Fox, do you support the Green New Deal? Do you support law and order? Are you going to stack the Supreme Court? Are you going to get rid of the filibuster? They came out hot and they went after each other. And these are grown men and they're going to be on the world stage and they can handle a debate, she added later. I don't think that we need to put parameters in uh, parameters in, to make sure that it is softer and easier and nicer. The commission said in a statement on Wednesday That it would weigh structural changes to the debates following Tuesday's contest, which was marred by interruptions and insults that overshadowed any real policy discussions. Listen, Donald Trump deserves criticism for insulting people all the time, but he wasn't insulting Joe Biden at the debate. Joe Biden was insulting him, calling him a clown. I was recently talking to some dudes and they were like, how dare you call the president a clown during a debate? And I'm like, come on, man, you know, to quote Joe Biden again. Donald Trump's called during the presidential debates in 2016, during the primaries, he was insulting all these people nonstop, crooked Hillary, sleepy Joe. So you're not going to get me on that. Joe Biden insulted him. But I will tell you this. If Joe Biden, Joe Biden thought he was going to keep himself out of the dirt. Now he jumped right in. So you know what? If I got a choice between two bombastic personalities insulting each other, I'm going to choose the one who's better at it. Like, why would I choose the guy who's bad? Who's bad at it? Get, get out of here. His quote, last night's debate made clear that additional structure would be added to the format of the remaining debates to ensure more orderly discussion. I shut up. CBS News reported the commission plans to implement a change that would cut off Trump or Biden's microphone if either candidate breaks the rules. Trump has faced criticism from Republicans over his performance during the debate. They argue he squandered an opportunity to change the course of the race and potentially hurt his standing among some voters. Still, Trump projected confidence in his performance on Wednesday and signaled he looked forward to the next debate before claiming that Biden does not want to move forward with the second event, despite his campaign saying otherwise. At a briefing later Thursday, White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany did not directly answer when asked whether Trump would commit to participating in the next debate before the rules were changed, saying only that he deserves a fair contest. Quote, he thinks the only way. There is a fair debate is a change in the moderator and a change in the Democratic nominee. (laughs) What? McEnany told reporters he wants to debate. He plans on being at the debate, but he wants the rules to be fair and wants a fair exchange and doesn't want rules that cover for a certain candidate's inability to perform well. The Trump campaign reacted to the commission's announcement on Wednesday by accusing it of pursuing changes that would help Biden. Quote, they're only doing this because their guy got pummeled last night. Campaign communications director Tim Murdoch said in a statement, President Trump was the dominant force, and now Joe Biden is trying to work the refs. They shouldn't be moving the goalposts and changing the rules in the middle of the game. And I agree with that. Tuesday's debate was the first of three between Trump and Biden. The next will be October 15th and October 22nd. Vice President Pence and Kamala Harris, Biden's running mate, will participate in the single vice presidential debate on Wednesday. And that is going to be probably awful. But uh, I guess we're all going to watch it, right? It's very obvious why they're changing the rules. Check this out from Washington Examiner. They say the media panned President Trump's rowdy debate performance, but it appears that it helped him. And he is on the rise again, according to the first post-debate approval. And actually, according to another poll, I think it was Emerson, Trump did see uh, a slight improvement. I believe it was a slight improvement. But across the board, Trump has improved uh, quite a bit over the past couple of weeks. But they say this. According to the poll analysis, this survey is the first to include a night of polling following the first debate between Trump and Biden. The president's approval ran from the low 50s for 10 days throughout the end of last week, but dropped as low as 46 percent in the first three days of this week, following uh, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. They say by next Monday morning, all 1,500 voters in the daily tracking survey have been polled following you know the debate. We can see that it's, it's, it's now Trump's approval is at 49 percent total approval. And total disapproval is 41, which is a huge shift because on the 31st, the day before, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, on the 28th, it was 46 to 53. The debate happened 47 52. Give it a couple days. And now Trump's approval rating has gone up. Of course, we did see that Trump won among Spanish speakers. 66% in, a, uh, in Telemundo Twitter poll think Trump just won the debate. Now, again, I've stressed this. These are Twitter debates. They're not scientific, Okay. But it does show no enthusiasm, no enthusiasm. What does that mean? If if you OK, so you, you might say that these polls on Twitter are no good. We have the Rasmussen one. Maybe say that's no good. Fine. The Twitter polls don't just show Trump's approval. They show the enthusiasm. In fact, I would argue they show enthusiasm more than anything else. I, I noticed this when I see these polls where there, there was one woman who said something like who's more dangerous, Antifa or like I can't remember who she said, the Proud Boys or something. And everyone said Antifa. And then she was like, well, they're rigging my poll and they're spamming it. It's like, so you mean that your people, your side couldn't muster the willpower to click retweet? Well, in that case, I don't think there's any enthusiasm on your side. I think you're being propped up by the establishment and it's creating an illusion that you have support. I think these regular people who are saying that they, you know, they don't like Trump aren't going to go out and vote. I don't think they care enough, dude, because there are even Trump supporters who are probably too lazy and probably won't go out and vote. And you better do it. And you better make sure you bring three friends with you to go vote. But I, I, I see these 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 anti-Trump people. I don't think they're going to vote. I really don't. Trump's approval, uh, it, it, you know, peaked up a little bit, picked up a little bit following the debate. And so they're trying to change the rules because they know Joe Biden got destroyed on stage. We can talk all day and night about decorum, about policy. But many people, look, a lot of people are just going to be like, can he hold his own? I don't care if Donald Trump is just yelling the whole time. Is he going to own the stage? And you can't deny it. You can argue that Biden won for a lot of reasons, but Trump owned the stage. So what do they want to do? Change the rules so that Trump can't fire back. Now, I think Trump would be would be better served if he calmed down a little bit because he, he he puts his foot in his mouth sometimes. It's a fact. But you can't deny that he he, he just walks all over Biden. Man, it's worse than Hillary, dude. At least Hillary could be, you know, shrill and commanding. Joe Biden just got, oh man, he got crushed absolutely crushed. The next debates are going to be awful. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. In a very clever move, people started selling shirts that read stand back and stand by following Donald Trump's comments about the Proud Boys. Amazon blocks sale of merchandise with stand back and stand by on it. Well, bravo, bravo. But you know what? You know, Amazon still sells a ton of Antifa stuff and anti-Antifa stuff. I think it's really, really stupid that they're blocking the sale of merchandise because it says stand back and stand by. Talk about a stupid news cycle. But this is the world we get to live in. So if the president says something and you sell the shirt, they're going to ban your product. CBS News reports Amazon and other Online retailers are pulling merchandise from their sites emblazoned with the words stand back and stand by and displaying the insignia of the Proud Boys, a far right extremist group. What makes them extremist? It's an honest question. What makes the Proud Boys today an extremist organization? Perhaps it's because they go to the bar and drink beer. Perhaps because they say that they will defend themselves against Antifa. Sorry, you're not selling any. They say shirts began... Uh, shirts bearing the words cropped up for sale after President Trump uttered the phrase on Tuesday night, referring to the look at the CBS says white supremacist group during his debate. A re- really? What? Wow. Wow. They're white supremacists, huh? You know what's really funny about this? I think articles like this make Trump voters. You want to know why? OK, OK. Someone read this article and they said, wow, the proud boys are white supremacists. And then they watch local news. Who's this guy? This is Brian Schnee. He's a uh, Fox 13, proud Keene State alumni, Fox 13. And what's this? Why this man doesn't look white. <laughs> it's not his... <laughs> Quote, I will go out and say that the Proud Boys as a whole, I will say this on behalf of the entire national organization, denounce white supremacy. Thad, chief of the Proud Boys Salt Lake, Utah chapter. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me there are multiple leaders of the Proud Boys who are, in fact, black men? Well, I, I don't know the exact uh, ethnic makeup of this individual, and I'm not going to assume his his race or whatever, but he certainly uh, doesn't appear to be a white dude, and he's straight up denouncing white supremacy for the entire organization, and so is Enrique Tarrio. So here's what you get. A regular person's going to read this CBS story, and they're going to see straight up it's a white supremacist group. Who wrote this? Kate Gibson. This is the news that we have today. Welcome to journalism, ladies and gentlemen, where Kate Gibson couldn't even do a Google search. When your journalists lack the ability to use Google, you don't have journalists. I don't know what you have. I don't know what these people call themselves, but they are not journalists. You know, you know, know, let me tell you something. I actually Google searched these things. I know it's like the bare minimum, right? How, 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 how easy is this job? Why? I need only do a few Google searches, look up some names. I do a little bit more than that. A lot, a lot of these lefties like to pretend like I don't do journalism. Well, it's an excuse to try and discredit the, th- the opinions that I have and the things I have to say. But yeah, I actually use background check uh, uh, organizations. I pay for uh, subscription services to check, uh, uh, you know, people's backgrounds, their information, to verify, to vet, and to, uh, um, you know, genuinely figure out what they really think and what their plans are. And I can tell you this, the Proud Boys, they're not white supremacists. They've definitely had some bad people associated with them, but that's, that's like ridiculous. That'd be like saying if like, you know, a white supremacist signed up for the YMCA. You'd call the YMCA a white supremacist organization. It's like, "No, it's it's like a white supremacist is using their facilities. If they find out, they kick him out." I guess. But you can't call the YMCA white supremacist. Well, they probably will at some point. They say, "Individuals associated with the Proud Boys online took Mr. Trump's directive as words of encouragement, and products displaying the phrase quickly made their way onto sites including Amazon and TeeSpring, an online platform that lets users create and sell their own merchandise." But Amazon began blocking sales of the item on Wednesday, and Amazon spokesperson confirmed all sellers must follow our selling guidelines, and those who do not will be subject to action, including potential removal of their account. The products in question have been removed. Why? Why? Seriously, a- answer me. What does it mean? What does stand back and stand by mean? They don't have an answer. They don't know. This is just stupid outrage cancel culture BS. And to all the people who refuse to stand up and shut it down, vote for the Republicans. You just keep encouraging this and it will only get worse. They say Amazon began blocking sales of the item Wednesday and Amazon. uh, I'm sorry, I read that. The e-commerce company in the past has blocked accounts of those selling items with Nazi or white supremacist symbols from its website. Amazon's policy states that prohibited listings on its website include products that promote or glorify hatred, violence, racial Religious intolerance, adult stuff, you know what I mean? Or uh, promote organizations with such views. So like, what, what does that mean? It, re, religious intolerance, I guess. Teespring also confirmed that it had yanked products with the phrase, it has come to our attention that content promoting hate and violence has been circulating on Teespring, the retailer told CBS Money Watch. We have no interest in profiting off of hate or violence. And in this case, we immediately, <laughs> it says stand back. It's saying don't engage. How stupid are these people? We have no interest in profiting off hate or violence. And in this case, we immediately removed the designs as they violate our policies. T-shirts, button and stickers, the Proud Boy logo and phrase standing by could be found on eBay, blah, blah, blah. Designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which means what? What does that mean? Why do I care about what one random group of people think? Okay, from now on, I would like to announce that there is the Tim Poole, uh, well, well, no, 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 let's call it the, the Eastern Middle Class um, Legal Analysis Department. I, as the chair of such an organization, have determined that Antifa is in fact a racist hate group. Another determination is law. Please cite me. Why not? I said it. I've should, is it, do I, is that all I have to do, like incorporate and just give myself a fancy name and then people will start claiming that we've determined these things. Talk about dumb. Quote, we condemn all form of isms, whether it be racism, fascism, communism or socialism. Proud Boy leader Enrique Tarrio told CBS News via a representative on Wednesday. On Wednesday afternoon, Mr. Trump was also in cleanup mode, claiming he did not know who the Proud Boys were. Quote, I don't know who the Proud Boys are. I mean, you have to give me a definition, he said. Uh, Because I don't really know who they are. I can only say they have to stand down. Let law enforcement do their work. Law enforcement will do the work. Asked about white supremacy, Mr. Trump said, I've always denounced any form of that. And they said, that wasn't good enough. Denouncing any form of it and just saying that not good enough. uh, You know what, whatever, man. But let me, let me, first I want to show you this. Like, like I mentioned, the Proud Boys have repeatedly denounced white supremacy, right? I bring you now to Reddit where we can see 84,000 upvotes, this is a huge huge upvoted post, 8,483 comments, Amazon block sale of merchandise with stand back and stand by. Do you know what the average person thinks when they hear Proud Boys? They think this, the top comment says, every time someone mentions Proud Boys, I always think it's an LGBTQ group. Smacksaw says, which is why every PB rally should include an impromptu gay pride parade and drag pageant. They don't get it. They really, really just do not get it. Yes, average people probably hear that and don't know what it is. They have no idea what it is. What is the Proud Boys? I've had friends asking me all day. I don't know what that is. Um, You're right. But here's my favorite one. Let's shrink this one down. Flyover country on Reddit says, Asked four Trump acquaintances about this yesterday. Miraculously, all four said they didn't hear him say that, and they're not sure what that even means. (laughs) Here's another guy says, my friends heard it, but say he didn't call anyone to arms. I showed examples of Proud Boy celebrations online, and they just shrug it off as a small group that can do no harm and they, are, and they aren't afraid. They are legitimately afraid of a Biden presidency. When asked why, not a single per- reason could be provided. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people can't give reasons. I can give you some reasons why a Biden presidency would freak me out because Biden's negotiating with Bernie Sanders because Biden has played it both ways, trying to entertain the far left and then denounce the far left because Joe Biden was the vice president during an administration that expanded our footprint in the Middle East because Joe Biden, his own campaign staff were bailing out the rioters. Is that not reason enough for any of you? Okay, look, there's a lot of people who might hear me say that and say, wow, Tim's right. And they're not going to pull up a list later on and give you those answers. And the same is true for people who don't like Donald Trump. They're going to hear things and they're not going to be able to pull up a list for you later on. So these people who like to go out and do these gotcha videos of like, hey, why do you actually hate Joe Biden? And then they're like, I don't know. It's like, Duh, you're so dumb. It goes both ways. People do it with anti-Trump people, anti-Biden people. It's stupid. I do not expect the layman to have all of the knowledge I do because it's not their job to know these things. It is my job to know these things, I will tell you, and I would I would respect it. And I believe you should try to remember as much as possible. So my advice to all of you is this. Moving forward, grab three reasons, three reasons that stand out to you that have inspired you and write them down and remember them. Remember them. And the reason I say write them down is because you want to get as specific as possible and you don't want to you don't want to mangle your words. So you can say to somebody, I saw this story. Donald Trump did this. How about Donald Trump signed three historic peace agreements? That's one big one for me. Donald Trump has repeatedly denounced the violence. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have supported it. Don't believe me? Kamala Harris solicited donations to bail these people out. And Joe Biden's campaign staff did as well. They've both denounced the violence, but they won't say Antifa. And they won't call out Black Lives Matter. Then you can say, here's all the times Donald Trump denounced white supremacy. I think just have a couple reasons ready to go, because people will ask you and they'll try and pull things like this. You can't even give me one good reason. Um, if Donald Trump doesn't get reelected, the tax cuts expire. Joe Biden is going to raise your taxes. But it's, it's 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 kind of funny. Donald Trump is is clever. The tax cuts that he made are set to expire, you know, shortly after his first term so, uh, yeah, you're gonna see your taxes go up if Trump loses. I do think that's kind of dumb. You know, Trump would do something like that. But look, if Trump gave you a tax cut and Biden won't, then you know, well, then vote for Trump if you want it back. I saw thing you can really say, right? Anyway, I'll, I'll leave it there. What, what a stupid news cycle. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Cancel culture doesn't only affect the right because now many of these people who want to say dumb things can reap what they have sown. Connecticut sports reporter fired after calling Senator Tim Scott an Uncle Tom. That is disgusting. I find these people abhorrent, and I've seen these leftists spew racial slurs endlessly. And so you know what? I'm not I, I actually don't agree with this guy getting fired. I don't I don't like cancel culture. I think we had an opportunity for a learning moment, and I'm not going to compromise my principles for tribe. Roseanne should not have been fired for her dumb tweet. She should have apologized. This guy, as much as I don't like him, and I think this is pathetic, he shouldn't be fired either. He should, he should, he should issue an apology and it should be a learning moment. We've gone so far where we, 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 it's just it, no redemption, no apologies, no satisfaction. Just get out. We don't care. And I'm, I'm not all about that, man. I'm not all about that. Look, Roseanne made a joke. You remember this? Roseanne tweeted something about, uh, you know, I can't remember that woman's name. It was something offensive. It wasn't overtly racist, but it was perceived as such because she compared this woman to like Planet of the Apes, and that was considered to be very offensive. They fired her immediately. And now the show is just like the Connors. Talk about stupid. This guy used a racial slur on Twitter. He deleted the tweet. Just let's let's end this, man. I just don't want I just I'm so over it. But you know what? This is what the left has created. They've created this world. Because it's not the right who's been calling for cancel culture. The right isn't trying to destroy people's lives and and, 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 and uh, their careers. It's the left. And now you can you can eat it, man, because that's that's your game, right? Check this out. A Connecticut based sports reporter was fired on Wednesday after referring to Senator Tim Scott as an Uncle Tom in a now deleted tweet. The Hill tweeted a link to a story about Scott saying he thought President Trump misspoke when he said stand back and stand by, but called on him to correct his statement if that were really the case. Tim Scott's awesome. I, I, as, as a person, I don't know a lot about his policies. You know, I'm, I, where, where's, where's, where's Tim Scott based out of, uh, South Carolina, is it? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I, yes. Okay. South Carolina. He seems like a rad dude. Um, and he, and, and his statement was on point. I think Trump misspoke. He should correct it. If he doesn't, then maybe he didn't misspeak. I'm like, that's pretty good, right? Redemption. Give Trump a, t- uh, give Trump a chance. N- now, former News 12, Connecticut sports reporter Fred. Gertani responded by writing thanks, Uncle Tom, and swiftly lost his job as a result. You know, I'm glad there's some accountability for the left, but I don't like cancel culture. Quote: After reviewing the incident, the network released released sports reporter Fred Gertani as a result of a racially insensitive comment. Just say it. It was racist. It was racist. News Twelve networks have a zero tolerance policy for for racism or improper conduct based on race, and prides itself. There we go. They say racism on being an objective and an unbiased multi-platform news company. When asked if he had apologized, Gertney later tweeted that he wrote an email to Senator Scott. Scott's support of the president and Republican Party is regularly criticized by the left. Back in August, CNN's Chris Cuomo suggested Scott was carrying water for President Trump by speaking at the RNC. Cuomo's remarks stirred some backlash on social media, with some suggesting the anchor's comments were racist. Yes, you know why? The left demands that marginalized voices get a seat at the table and they're allowed to speak. And the RNC was like, OK, and then they went, you're racist for doing this. That's the that's the the, the the absurdity of their stupid game. Don't play it. In June, NBC anchor Craig Melvin asked the sole black GOP senator if his party was using him as a token following the death of George Floyd. Scott was appointed to the Senate in 2013 when former Senator Jim DeMint stepped down to run the Heritage Foundation, a conservative think tank. The appointment made Scott the first black senator to represent a southern state since the Reconstruction era following the Civil War. Scott won a 2014 special election for a Senate seat and was reelected in 2016. Political pundits have found tossing around the idea of a 2024 Republican presidential run by Scott. Scott seems like a rad dude. I, I need to look up his policies, but I've seen him speak. I've seen him uh, um in, in terms of presentation. He is a charismatic and intelligent and uh, um Uh, seems like a good dude. That's the easy way, easy way to put it. Uh, he seems he's, he's got the charisma about him. Now, the reason I'm not trying to go too far into giving this guy praise is because policy is, is much more important than whether I think the guy's a nice dude. And what I will absolutely, uh, express in disgust is the use of the left targeting people who are minorities, who are uh, Latino or black with racial slurs for their political opinions. I hate racism. I hate racists. That's why I don't like leftist identitarianism. That's why I don't like Black Lives Matter, because they're racists. They just want to change the definition. Well, you can only be racist if you have power. No, that's that's ridiculous. Get, get out of my face. If you want to discriminate against somebody and hold something over them or insult them based on, on how they appear to you, I don't care if they're overweight. I don't care if they're short, they're tall, they're bearded, they're bald. I don't care if they're black, white, Latino, Asian, and I don't care what their religion is. Show me the idea. Tell me if the idea is good or bad, and we'll have a discussion about it. I'm sure I th- I'm sure there's ideas Tim Scott has I probably disagree with. Now I know many of you are probably saying I'm biased because you know there's something about this guy. We both are named Tim, and that's 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 unfair. That that well I'm kidding by the way. But t- uh, let's jump over to uh, civics. Civics shows us that right now support for Black Lives Matter is once again dropping 48 percent nationwide, with 40 percent opposition. This is another uptick in opposition. Net support is way down 8% net support. That's crazy because they had 11 that last year. They had 10%. They're, they're back to where they were in October of 2019, a year of, of positive gains and support for Black Lives Matter wiped out. Why? Because when you get a bunch of white people running around yelling Black Lives Matter, And burning down black neighborhoods, perhaps people are going to be like, I don't think that means what you think it means. Like, I don't think, you know, uh, when they say black lives matter, I don't think they're actually saying that black lives matter. I think they don't care. I think they're racist. I think that what they're really doing is causing harm to the black community because in Atlanta, they quite literally were burning down their businesses. And when it comes to someone like Tim Scott or Candace Owens, or, or any, any number of black conservatives, Kimberly Klasick or Billy Prempe, they have nothing but racism for them. Now, I don't even agree necessarily with overt colorblindness, right? So this is the idea that everyone's equal and, you know, no, no, well, hold on, hold on. Everybody should be treated uh, equally under the law. That's it. But I'm not gonna deny that racism, like, I'm not gonna pretend racism doesn't exist. Racism does exist. So when I see someone like Tim Scott, guess what? I look at him and I say, that guy probably had to deal with racism in his life. You want to know why? I literally just read you a story about it. It came from the left. There are probably some, there, there's probably a lot of right wing racists who say disparaging things about many of these black conservatives. I'm not going to play the colorblind game. That's what the, the, the left thinks there's one or the other. Either you recognize their race or you're, you're colorblind and that's racist. Uh, dude, I can recognize that people are racist and still tell you you're racist. I'm not going to sit down with Tim Scott. And start talking about how race is the is, is is the prerequisite for any conversation, or I should say, like you know, race racial bias training or anti racism would be a prerequisite for any kind of policy discussion. No, I sit down with them and say, so what do you think about flat tax? I actually don't I don't agree with a flat tax. I don't, and like I do pretty well for myself. I actually think a progressive tax is the right move, but I do think it's 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 the numbers that matter most. So we can talk about life versus choice. We can talk about nationalism versus more, you know, free trade agreements and stuff. I think that's that's absolutely fair. And I think we can actually have a conversation about race in America. I think it's important. In fact, Tim Scott was uh, I believe he presented the police reform bill the Republicans had put together and they shot it down. You see, the left likes to pretend they're not racist, but they're probably the most racist today. Now, I'll tell you this. There are right wing white supremacists. There are far right racists. They exist. They exist. But their numbers are dwindling, and the numbers are probably dwindling because many of them realize if you want to be racist, man, the the key to that castle is the left. It's not. It's 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 not on the right. If you're a right wing racist, you're going to get banned. But you can be on the left and you can do almost anything you want. You can say all the stupid racist stuff you want, and guess what? You're probably going to get away with it. Well, this guy didn't. He's been fired. And you know what? I'm I'm not happy to see it. I'm not. Uh, Part of me is saying I'm happy to finally see some accountability because it's rare among these people, but I'm not happy about it. So here's the challenge. Do we accept a sort of cathartic release when we see these people face their own cancel culture? Or do we recognize that in any direction, cancel culture is bad for a civilized society, that if we really want to move forward, we don't fire them. We tell them, apologize, don't say racist things. And then guess what? You give people a chance to correct themselves. But this this new world they've created of no redemption and no forgiveness cannot sustain itself. And it's in the long run going to be bad for everybody, because if we allow something like this to happen to people we don't like, it's only a matter of time before it happens to us and everyone else. This is the same lesson I've repeatedly warned the left about. You reap what you sow. You want to ban people for being racist. Guess what? You're racist. Stop pretending you're not because eventually you'll get fired. How about we say this? I don't like racists. Most people don't like racists. If someone says something racist, we tell them, don't say it again. And we don't take their job away. Be it Roseanne, who she made a really insensitive joke, I guess, or this guy who legit used a racial slur against a politician. We're headed for dark times, man. And if we want to respect freedom of speech, that means we have to respect it for people we don't like either. If this guy wants to say this, I don't think he should have to delete the tweet. I don't think he should be fired. I think I can just look at him and say, you're a bad person. And his company should say, we want you to apologize. But the outright termination without redemption to me is unacceptable. We're seeing a lot of really creepy stuff infecting our schools, our mainstream culture. This is a kind of authoritarianism that will not sustain itself. But I'll tell you what, maybe when these people face the brunt of cancel culture, they'll finally realize why it's bad. And maybe then they'll start calling for it to be, to be stopped. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thank you all so much for hanging out and I will see you then.